Hello goblins and ghouls, and welcome to another episode of my Haunted Life podcast with me, your host, Angela Hartshorn. How's it going out there, my spooky babes? Have you done anything special just for you today? At the very least, go drink some water, please. This week, I'm so excited we are talking about one of the most iconic hauntings of all time. The haunting of the Perrin family. The story behind the first Conjuring film, if you guys are into horror movies at all. I'm usually the first person to complain about the historical accuracy of a movie, but I thought they did a pretty good job overall. You know, there's a few things, but still. The current owners of the property, Jennifer and Corey Heisen, are paranormal investigators and understand just how awesome of an opportunity they have. I was able to talk to Corey from the home and there was some weird things that happened during our interview. Other than me being particularly awkward because I was geeking out just so much. So let's get into it shall we? Grab yourself a cup of tea. Make sure the doors are locked and the sage is close by. I have a story to tell you. The farm on Round Top Road was built in 1736. So with that much history on our property, it would make sense that there would be some death connected to it. According to the Black Book of Burlville, the town's former public records book, there were a number of deaths on the property. These included two suicides by hanging, one suicide by poison, a rape and murder of a child, two drownings, and four men that froze to death. But our story starts much later. In the 1970s, the Perrin family moved into the quaint little farmhouse in Harrisville, Rhode Island. The family consisted of Mother Carolyn, Father Roger, and five daughters, Andrea, Nancy, Christine, Cindy, and April. The hauntings in the house started out harmless enough. Some cold spots here and there, some displaced objects, noises, classic footsteps, pretty normal stuff, sometimes even sweet and tender. One of the daughters reports getting forehead kisses every night for the first few months as she fell asleep. She thought it was her mother coming in, but when she would open her eyes, no one was there. Roger, the father, wasn't home too much. He was a cross-country trucker, so he did not have the same experiences as his wife and children. That being said, Roger eventually admitted that he had some experiences in the house, but nothing malicious. A common experience would be something rubbing on his back in an almost affectionate manner. Carolyn, in particular, seemed to become the target of the, for the spirits. 
there were stories about her sweeping up the kitchen and turning around and finding all the dirt swept into a little pile into the middle of the floor where she had just cleaned. Um, Other times this would happen and she would go get the broom and the broom was missing. That would irritate me personally. In one instance, Carolyn had been lying on the couch and out of nowhere had a piercing pain in her calf. When she looked to see if she had been stung or something, she discovered a small circle of blood. She could not determine what caused the wound. One of the famous scenes in the movie is the hide and clap game. The game is simple. It's exactly like hide and seek, but the seeker is blindfolded, and when they clap, the hiders must clap back until the hiders are found. The clapping didn't happen in real life, but the girls frequently played hide and seek and reported weird experiences that... Such as one time one of the girls, I believe Cindy, but don't quote me, decided to hide in the woodshed. It makes things even harder for the sisters to find her. To make things even harder for her sister, she decided to hide in a large box with a large lid, like one of those hinged old wood boxes. It didn't lock or anything like that. After waiting for a while for her sisters to come and find her, she decided to give up. But when she went to get out of the box, the lid wouldn't budge. She fought and kicked and screamed and she felt like she was in there for like 20 minutes of just fighting until she just was absolutely exhausted, sweating, puffing, breathing so hard. Her poor little voice is hoarse from screaming. And out of nowhere, one of the sisters comes in looking for her, opens the lid, perfectly fine. Nothing's on it. Nothing's blocking it. And finds her. Just disheveled. Uh, so, there, there were there were some weird circumstances. After this quick word from our sponsors, I will be back with Corey Heisen to hear what they have experienced living in the Conjuring House and to answer some of your questions. of The Conjuring House. I mean, dude, 
this is kind of amazing. I didn't realize that anyone had bought it again until uh, you guys were doing uh, a live event with it. So, um, immediately, Corey, tell us about yourself, please, sir. Well, first off, thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming. Uh, <laughs> um, just a little backstory on us. Uh, me and my wife have been investigating a little over 10 years now. Uh, you know, it, taking care of personal clients and stuff like that back home up in Maine. And uh, we ended up finding out this place was coming up for sale through the grapevine. And we just decided to take a chance on it and ended up working out for us. So, I mean, immediately, it's a gorgeous piece of property. Like, oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, besides the house, I mean, we got eight and a half acres, you know, a stream that runs through it. There's a pond out back, you know, you, you couldn't ask for like a better, like setting for something like this. So that just adds to the appeal, I think. And are you guys there full time now or are you still going back and forth between there and Maine? Well, uh, with COVID, like it's, it's basically we're staying in place. Um, but it was quite a bit of back and forth. Uh, our plans kind of got thrown to the wayside. Uh, something happened with my son. He had an experience and he just didn't feel safe staying in the house. Okay. I guess it's, you know, being an investigator, you don't really think about long-term and that's what ended up happening with him. Like oh, no. it was cool. He was going to be the cool kid. And then it turned out, oh, my God, in this house, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days, you know, and he. So it kind of got real for him. So back up in Maine. Gotcha. He's he's in high school, right? He's a little bit older. Oh, I think I lost you again. Oh no, can you hear me? Ah! Still there? You moved! <laughs> What's going on? I don't know, you keep freezing, it's really weird. <laughs> that That's so, that's funky, I'm like... Because I, like, I got all full bars right here. See, I do too, that's what's weird. Home. That's why I'm like, I went and checked the internet before we started, just in case, and... Yeah. Do you have a lot of weird electronic anomalies at the Somet house? Sometimes our podcasts are like, we try to hardwire everything that we do, um, but I'm not hardwired right now, but I'm not that far from the router. So it's like, there's no reason for it to happen. Okay, it's so. not just me then. I'm like, yeah, mine's just... No, like absolutely there. not, no. Okay, so I was like, okay. Okay, I see you. That's interesting. <laughs> Um, so, okay, we were talking about your son. He's older, right? He's in high school. Yeah, he's 18. Okay. I, I wish him the best luck, man. I was that nerd. But he actually has, like, the conjuring house, and there's, like, or I guess I guess he's just to stay there with you guys. Um, how, do you feel like the movies have really revitalized all of that because i feel like there's such a large interest in the paranormal right now 
I lost uh, but, you again. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, now I can. Now I can. Okay. I'm so sorry. Uh, something about an interest in the paranormal. What was the first um, half of the question, though? Uh, um, since there's been, like, this influx of in, um, interest in the paranormal the last few years, it seems like, um, with the movies coming out, has have you guys noticed like more people around the property? Because I I would assume you would get stuck with a bunch of obnoxious people trying to go out and visit and everything. No. Oh yeah, it's it's especially in the summer months. It's really bad. Um, people are respectful though. I mean, we've only had not even a handful of times we've actually had to like go out and like talk to people. Oh, no. Uh, you know, they just stay up on the road and take the pictures, and if we're outside, they'll ask questions and stuff. People are pretty respectful. Um, but that's the way we wanted it, you know, because if we opened it up for people to come in and investigate and see see the property, then, you know, they have a chance to see what they wanted to see. So that was our whole premise of it, so... I, that was one of the big questions I got from the group is, do you allow people, not during COVID times, I should add that, uh, to come and visit? Uh, yes, we, uh, we do allow overnight investigations from uh, 6 p.m. till 8 a.m. Nice. Uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of thought went into it when we when we decided to do it because a lot of the places we went to it was never fully overnight. Mm. It was always like a weird, you know, you go in at eight and get out at like one, two o'clock in the morning. It's oh. like that's when it's like getting yeah amped up. I'm like, why are you kicking us out? Um, <laughs> so we just thought about it and it was like, why not just give them what they want and see if see if there's a good response and i mean the response has been amazing so good that's amazing i I mean i can't imagine uh it wouldn't be um i feel like we should backtrack a little bit i got really excited because i wanted to talk to you about all this stuff um tell us about the house i mean the house is it's an older house right it was built in 1700s uh, it was completed in 1736, um, but it was deeded in 1680 um, hmm. by uh, uh, John Smith. John Smith actually was the surveyor, and uh, he helped basically earn the trust of the local Native American tribes in order to get rights to the land around here. Oh. And then, um, yeah. Something just knocked out. I heard that. I was like, uh. <laughs> I'm like, uh. Um, but then Roger Williams, Roger Williams actually was the one that deeded the properties to all the families around here. And uh, the Richardson Arnold family was the one that settled here. They had a little over 200 acres. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know where that 200 acres went because I'm down to eight and a half. <laughs> The joys of selling off allotments. Oh, my God. Um, so, I mean, the, I feel like the story everybody asks, when, or the first question everybody asks when they hear a haunted property is, has there been any deaths 
on the property. All right. So the only deaths that we can we can truly say um, occurred on the property are there were two deaths by drinking and passing out in the winter time. Nice. Not yeah, <laughs> and there was another one, uh, a young boy. It was considered suicide, but he drank horse liniment in the basement Ooh. and died. So only three deaths that we can we can prove we like have like that we can show people, and a lot of people respect that because they think just investigators are, you know, we're just out there looking for ghosts and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like no, we're historians, you know, and a lot of that is lost, and uh, trying to get the story straight. So, I mean, could there be things that we're, we're missing? Absolutely, because things come up missing all mm-hmm. the time. You know, who, who knows? Just I go by the facts, what I can prove. I'd like to think there's more, but, you know, I just throw caution to the wind. Yeah, you got to be careful, especially when you, you literally are living in a paranormal landmark. you got to have that kind of backup. Uh, I know with uh, watching you guys on different things, that's why I really liked you and Jennifer is because, no, this is what we found. These are the records we have. And I love that. That's why I did the whole podcast. I don't care if I ever go on an investigation again. I want to talk to people and stare at microfish all day kind of thing. I'm, again, a nerd. Um, the, The big spirit always associated with uh, the Conjuring House is Bathsheba Sherman, correct? And she actually is not really connected to the house. Is that right? Not that not that we're aware of. Okay. We're still digging into some stuff that might prove otherwise. Mm. But as, as far as her being a witch, anything like that, no. Um... She got a bad rap with that, as far as I know. Um, I just want to, I just want to set the record straight with one thing, though, is that what the Warrens claim, what the parents claim, I wasn't there. I, I can't. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, because I have the utmost respect for everybody that was involved with that. That's the whole reason we're here at the house, you know. So if Miss Warren came in and said. Bathsheba, who am I to argue with her? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm just going by records. You know, she was never tried for murder. She did She did lose children at a young age, which was the norm back then. Exactly. Uh-huh. You know, but she was never tried for murder. She was never tried for witchcraft. She, she had a, she's buried on consecrated ground. She had a priest oversee her funeral. You know, none of that none of that jives mm-hmm. so we yeah. just i mean especially back then if you were accused of witchcraft your life was basically over if you weren't you know killed so she definitely wouldn't be in the family plot and that was always one of those weird things to me so that i find that fascinating i, I wanted to ask your opinion because again like you brought up lorraine warren and uh, the Perone family, um, 
what have your guys' experiences been in the house for the most part? I know you said your son had a scary situation, and uh, but no basic. To what the what they experienced back in the seventies is totally totally different than what we experienced, and I think it's because we came in with the understanding of the par- to an extent an understanding <laughs> of the paranormal as much as you can. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, we kind of we kind of just eased our way into it. Um, we lived in basically two rooms of this house for the first four months, just giving the spirits time to kind of adjust to us oh, wow. and us adjust to them and, and just basically let them know, you know, we're not in here to rule the roost. We want to coincide with you guys. And I think that's really helped us. Um, back then, you know, it, it was like, you had the satanic panic. Yeah. You know, Manson murders and stuff, all that stuff going on. So it was like bad juju to talk about that kind of stuff, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have I, I any think, spirits rubbing your back family, in your sleep or anything like that? We've we've had spirits um, like touch us and stuff like down in the basement, um, up, uh, upstairs. Uh, in the in the barn, Jen Jen had something grab her by the hips. Ooh. It was weird because she she had grabbed the dog by the hips because the dog was like, you know, getting in everybody's way and stuff. Which she was the dog was happy to see everybody, and Jen grabbed the dog by the hips and kind of pulled her back. And at the same time, something grabbed Jen by the hips and pulled her back. And she turned around, and looked at me, and I'm like sitting on the couch, and she goes. She goes, something just grabbed my hips. And I'm like, oh, yeah? Oh, <laughs> like, no. You know, and she was like, okay, that's that's a bit weird. But it, it wasn't nothing oh. bad. It wasn't nothing, like, malicious. You know, it's it's always, like, just letting you know it's there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it is what it is. Do you feel like since you guys have kind of gone in and acknowledged that, hey, we know you're here, let's live happily together kind of thing that's helped? Because I feel like a lot of hauntings get bad because you try to ignore it as long as possible. Uh, I'd like to think so. Uh, a lot of psychics and mediums say that. They said where we're trying to be on like the same page. It's really helping our cause. Um we didn't come in here knocking down walls, <laughs> making any changes, anything like that. And it's like, and it seems to be doing good for us. Not to say it couldn't turn bad, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, everything, you know, if if me and Jen get in a tussle, like, like we're getting into an argument or something like that, we leave the house. Um, that was one thing that was brought up to us. Um because oh, you just don't want that negative energy rolling around in the house. Um, it's worked so far. I mean, that sounds like a fascinating, like, paranormal and marital experiment. But at the same <laughs> time, I'm so glad that I'm not a part of it. <laughs> I don't think my husband would appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so do you have, like, uh, kind of... Uh, one question was, do you have, like, common rules with the spirits? Because a lot of times they tell you when you're having spiritual issues, 
go in and talk to them and be like, these are the ground rules. Do you feel like you have those with the spirits? Or is it kind of like, okay, this is your place and we're visitors in it? Uh, we kind of set ground rules, but at the same time, it's not like we really have a say-so in what happens. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, it's, it's like we come in and, like... If there was a camera on me with audio, like we have cameras on us, but they don't have audio, which is a good thing because people would think we're nuts. Because I'll walk into a room and I'll just get like a feeling like something's there and I'll just start talking to them like we're, you know, just there together. And and it's never really, it's never really bothered us, you know, because you'll always, especially when you're by yourself, um you'll always get that feeling like you're being watched and stuff like that. And it's like, look, if you're going to scare me, just do it. Just get it over (laughs) with because it's going to happen. Because everybody asks, do you get scared? Of course we get scared. You know, uh, I don't have any abilities. I can't see him sneaking up on me. Yeah. It's it's a jump scare. It's, you know, I I don't fear for my life, you know, because there's nothing evil here right now. So... Okay, so you guys, you have a decent relationship. It's definitely like a, like a, a invisible roommate type of thing. Kind of. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just hanging out. Um, cheating and looking at my list. Um, uh, we talked about activity. What's the oddest thing that you think has happened since you guys have been in there? oddest thing Jenna actually <laughs> Jen called me yesterday she's up, she's up in Maine right now and she called me and she goes I got a stupid question for you Uh-oh. I was like okay she goes did you by chance move my hand sanitizer on my purse and I said what and she says yeah she's like I always put it on the front of my purse because mm-hmm. It's easier to be accessible. And, and she's like, this is the third time it's happened that it's on the back. And I'm like, I don't even know where you, you know, your purse is usually, you know. I'm like, that's weird that you would say that. And it's it's weird things like that. Just little, little subtle things. Huh. Yeah, that make you go, you know, am I losing my mind or are they just messing with me? I mean, I know my hand sanitizer's on my purse, but it's pretty solid on there. Well, that's the thing. Hers is on there very solid, too, because she she can't move it on her own. It's like, it's on there. (laughs) And she's like, I have no idea how it's been moved these past couple times. And I'm like, I didn't even know you had some hand sanitizer on there, to be honest (laughs) with you, but that is funny. Oh, that's so, that's just one of those incredibly random things for them to do. It's just like, really? Why? Why do this? Just, just to mess with the poor thing. Oh my God. Um, so since you guys are paranormal investigators, I feel like you guys probably went in with a more, I don't want to say skeptical eye, but more, um, with more of a scientific mindset when it came to it, it sounds like. Um... Have you had any experiences that have totally changed your understanding of the paranormal at all? 
I mean, honestly, we've with the experiences that we've had, I've experienced things here in the in the house that I've never experienced on the outside. I mean, all the places that I've been. Now, granted, I mean, this is like a lengthy time frame that we've been here. So, you know, usually when you go to a place like Waverly Hills or Rolling Hills, it's uh. like for a night or maybe two if you're lucky um, in a row to experience it fully. But here, you know, it's just like if there's not a group in here, we're, we're investigating. So... But we're ending up with more questions than answers because, you know, we're getting flashing lights. We're getting full body, uh, full bodied shadow figures. We're getting, you know, things that you're just not used to. And now that the the whole thing with UFOs and stuff coming out, interdimensional beings are being tossed around with these energy, like these flashing lights. Yeah, like whoa! It's, Can you tell me more about that? That that's whoa. Yeah, it's going really down a rabbit hole. But like <laughs> the more, and this isn't like this is what people like are. I won't say feeding me, but they're letting us know. Yeah, and I'll be the first one to bite on something like that because the thing is, is like UFOs are real. You know, if I don't know how many people have come through the door. And I'm like, how do you feel about the UFO, you know, being real? And then they're like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, ah, see, nobody knew that the government announced it. You know, the government announced that they're in possession of uh, vehicles not made on this planet. But we were too wrapped up in the whole COVID thing, Black Lives Matters, the election, this, this, that, and the other, like, so that just adds a whole nother, whole nother level to, like, what the hell? But the whole inter, interdimensional beings and stuff like that, um, I've talked to a few people that say the energy bursts that we witness around the house, which kind of look like flashes of light. Okay. Um, and, and what it is, like, it, easiest way to explain it is, like, somebody with an old school flashbulb, and then they're like, boom! You know, you know, they take the picture, but then it'll be like, it's not coming from a light source. Okay. It's coming from just thin air. And it'll be like on the floor, on the bed, in the doorway. It's just all over the place. And this can, we've caught oh. it on camera lasting for a couple hours or it, it can happen like once or twice. And the weird thing is once it's done, you just smell it's like a distinct smell. It's like you were running an air purifier in the room. Oh, it's so like I, that ionized I, kind of thing. Yeah, I call it ozone. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why. I'm just like, it's ozone. But it's it's so weird because I've never experienced that. And a lot of people I've talked to, they're like, that's how they get in and out of these portals. It's oh. like they flash through and they flash out. They flash, and I'm like, oh my god, I never thought of stuff like that. And they're like, have you ever seen shadows after that happens? And myself personally, no, because oh. I'm too just like dumbstruck that I just saw a flash <laughs> of light coming from nowhere, you know. And they're like, try to be cognizant of what's going on around you because. It could be, and I was like, oh my God, you know, it's just like blew Whoa. my mind on that stuff. Yeah. 
I've never even heard of that. And I'm a giant nerd with all of this. I have never heard of it. There have been orbs all over the place, by the way. Do you have, like, a heater shooting on at all? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I'll go through and, like, do some screen captures. Because I wanted to bring it up and I completely <laughs> forgot because we got distracted by other stuff as I got excited about uh, uh, questions. That's a fact. I am literally have never heard of that. That... I'm just, like, kind of dumbstruck by that whole thing. And I'm like, I love it when they stop and ask you if you've seen shadows when you're like, no, there's a light. It's like, I feel like that would yeah. be a lot of practice before you could start analyzing the light. How frequently does that happen? Uh, we haven't had it happen for a, a while, but okay. just the other night I was leading a tour. And we were in the basement and I was showing them the area that, you know, uh, Roger Perrin used to go to and, like, he would get touched. And sure enough, like, just this random flash. And I just sat there for a second. I'm like, okay, I know I saw it. And the guy's looking at me and he goes, tell me you saw that. And I'm like, okay, I'm just making sure I wasn't losing my stuff. So, you know, we went back and sure enough, we caught it on the DVR, which was cool. Um, oh, that's so cool. But what's neat is... Um, uh, see now I'm brain farting. Shadow <laughs> figures, uh, shadow figures are actually being associated uh, quite a bit now with uh, grays. I've heard of this. Yeah, this is an interesting uh, change for me. Yeah, and uh, there was a there was a, a documentary on on Amazon, and for the life of me, I can't remember who it was, but it was like it was a gentleman that basically lived his entire life he'd been abducted like 51 times jesus like it was yeah it, i can't remember the guy's name but he seems like a sincere dude anyways long story short he's got like numerous clips like videos photographs stuff like that um but some of the craziest videos he has is he's like watch what happens like he sees something peeking through the, like through the window at him. And it's weird because each time it happens right before it happens, there's like a flash of light. Oh, I just got like goosebumps. Yeah. And that <laughs> blew my mind because I was like, what? I mean, just what are the chances that could be a case of what's going on? Because he never refers to, he never talks about it. He just, he's more, He's just more worried about what's peeking in the window, yeah. which looks like a gray alien. Oh. But I'm like, what is this flash of light that's, you know, yeah, the alien's awesome. Do not get me wrong, <laughs> you know, especially if it's, if it's real. But what happens? Oh, man. See that, uh, yeah. I will admit I'm not big into the alien stuff, just because it scares the crap out of me. <laughs> like, that's one of my dad's big favorite things. Like, I can't, I just, I, I'll, I'll have nightmares. If you go in watching, like, uh, the counters of the fourth kind kind of videotapes, the the hypnosis videotapes, I'll, I'll mm -mm. I can't do those. Oh, the fourth kind? No. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do those, I just can't. 
That, I'm just like, that's so fascinating. Yeah, I had no idea we were going to start talking aliens. I love it. Um, Sorry. No, you're good. I, I, this is like what you, this is literally all about you, sir. Um, wow. Uh, so I guess how... Thank you so much for listening to another episode of My Haunted Life podcast. You are one beautiful spectral apparition. A big thank you to Corey for being on the podcast this week. You can find more about Corey, Jennifer, and The Conjuring House at theconjuringhouse.com. Next week, I'll finish up with the Perrin family story. And we're going to get into two of my favorite investigators of all time. As well as finish up our conversation with Corey. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. If you want to get in on the fun and be able to ask guest questions, join our Facebook group. We always have something going on. Also, the Patreon page is coming along, so make sure you check that out as well. And that's it for this time. I hope to see you next week on my Haunted Life podcast. Bye!